Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app at Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and all phone guests join us via the Goodyear hotline. Credit to 620 WTMJ and WBALAM 1090 for those calls. As you heard, the Packers picked up a win over the Rams yesterday. But there was something early in that game that stuck out to Keyshawn Johnson about L.A.'s offense. Key, what was it? Yes, that is correct, Max. <laughs> Fourth and one on their own 29-yard line, you're going for it in the first quarter. Like, like you can't just – punt the ball, you gave the Green Bay Packers three, it could have been worse. You're down seven, you went down ten, you could have gone down 14. But that tells me that you went into that game already thinking about how you can beat them untraditionally because you didn't feel like you had a fair shot at beating Green Bay in Green Bay. So throughout the course of the game, you decided, okay, I'm going to do this on fourth and one, backed up, I don't care what the analytics say, this is the NFL. This is not college football. Then you ran a trick play, which is you took the ball out of the thrower's hand and Matthew Stafford to put it into the catcher's hand in Cooper Cup to now become Matthew Stafford to throw the ball down the field to Vance Jefferson, which almost became a, a touchdown. His knee hit out of bounds, so therefore it wasn't. But when you look at it, those are plays that you have to trick the defense into in order to try to get a lead or get some momentum going because you just can't line up and play football. That, that to me, is worrisome when you have an offensive-minded coach who, by all accounts, is a pretty good damn play caller. But when he starts making those type of decisions early on, you start to say to yourself, yeah, they, they're coming into this game already knowing it's going to be a tough out. That makes sense to me, Jay. You know, like when I, I see that in all sports, like boxing, sometimes I see a guy get out of pocket or, or start to throw caution to the wind or do something early in a fight that is not typical, not characteristic of them, and it tells me something. It tips their hand a little bit. Like they, they feel like they have to resort to something, to a trick play, to smoke and mirrors because they can't just win, you know, head to head. You know what I mean? Like I get what he means by that. Well, yeah, I, I hear what you guys saying. You know, I – when I, I also heard a lot of people and us talk about the defense. And so when you start thinking about Raheem Morris, the D.C. there, Key, and you hear guys like Dan Orlovsky or Rex Ryan talk about Jalen Ramsey and who he's matched up against in some of these matchups instead of against a guy like Devontae Adams. Like, how do you – those are big-time question marks, right? Like, we have questions about Matthew Stafford and whether he can elevate this team. But I still think the offense will be something that could be there at the end of the day. The question is, you know, what's up with this defense? Can this defense actually hold down teams? And are they a Super Bowl caliber defense? No, they're not. Yeah. Not at all. Um, Can they become one key? Is, there, is it in there somewhere? Because we have seen many teams throughout history not really show it, not really show it, and then start to get hot at the right time, you know, I mean, you could always get season. hot. You could always get hot at the right time, but as it stands right now, they're not a championship caliber defense. Uh, this is not the defense that went to the Super Bowl yeah. with the Rams of three years ago. This is not that. This What's is the difference? A different, this is a different situation. First of all, there's no Dominican Sue in the middle. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, Aaron Donald's there. They brought in Von Miller. They're missing some pieces on that side of the ball. The secondary is not the same. There's no Marcus Peters in Tlaib. There's Jalen Ramsey, but then that's pretty much it. Um, when they had Marcus Peters in Tlaib, that was a different situation. John Johnson on the back end at the safety spot. Uh, Eric Weddle on the back end at They're the safety spot. They're lacking some depth, in other words. They have the high-end talent and different, a couple of difference makers in Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, but they don't have the depth, you're saying, of the Super Bowl defense. No, they, they do not, nor do they have Wade Phillips. So <laughs> That's another thing. You know, Raheem Morris is a good friend of mine. Uh, been knowing Raheem since he had snot running down his nose when he was with us playing for the Jets, and he was one of our team managers. Been knowing him a long time. Was our quality control guy on the defensive side of the ball in Tampa Bay. But he ain't no damn Wade Phillips. So let me ask another question then, Key. That's the defense. But the defense was not the star of the show, right? The offense was the star of the show. When they had Goff and Gurley and all those guys, and and McVay got them to the Super Bowl, but then they weren't getting the same return. So they took Goff, the number one overall pick, and traded him with two other firsts and a third for Matt Stafford. And Stafford came in, and you even mentioned it, like you went to the game when they played the Jets, and it just looked right. It looked Everything came out easy. It looked right. But at this point, do you think the Rams will have buyer's remorse with Stafford? Before you answer, here's what Dan Orlovsky told us earlier about that very subject. You know, it, it, and that has been the case, like Dan says, the last three weeks he hasn't been the same. And then even earlier in the year at times he wasn't the same. And, and they didn't – give up a haul to go get him for him to just be good and win a playoff game. That's not, that, that doesn't, that's not what they're looking for. You trade it out to go get something better. And what you thought was better was Matthew Stafford. And, I've, and I said early on, in, in, I said early on when they first made the decision, they could have just went and got Derek Carr. And you wouldn't have had to give up nearly as much. Because to me, I'm looking at the same guy. Different uniforms, but I'm looking at the same guy. They're both about the same type of players. Um, you know, and, and, and Sean McVay felt like, like a lot of people around the league, it's, it's, it's just funny how things are positioned and characterized. As Matthew Stafford's career went in Detroit, he was in the wrong position, the wrong people, would you have the right coaches, things of that nature, where Jared Goff did have the right coach, but they couldn't get the best out of him. But now what we're looking at, we're looking at a 7-14 with San Francisco looking right up their rear end who had beaten him in a head-to-head. What disgusting imagery. What, what if some reason the Rams don't make it to the playoffs? You don't think at the end of the year they're going to be sitting around saying, what the hell? Well, I mean, I, I think that uh, to me the, the standard, Jay, is different than what Key is describing. I mean, everyone has their own interpretation of it, but I think – what disaster would mean is missing the playoffs or losing your first playoff game this year, disaster. Mm-hmm. But provided you win at least a playoff game this year, you can't call it a disaster. I'd say to call it a success this year, you got to win two playoff games. But to call the whole thing a success, to me, by the time Stafford and McVay are done in L.A. Yeah, as a pair, got to win a Super Bowl. I'm with you. on, but so, that's gonna be, are, so they got to win a Super Bowl in three years. Yeah, maybe. Mm. I, I think that's, oh, I think that's a realistic expectation, but I, I think 
when you see the names and you see how they've been all in, I think there are a lot of people who are in that same boat with keywords. Every year you want to see them be in that conversation or at least contend at a very high level. Now, I think there is something to be said. A guy's first year on the job, even though he's a veteran, he understands how Sean McVay wants to play. But this defense, it's funny when your offense isn't clicking at a high level, it's almost to a similar degree what we saw with the Chiefs. It makes us focus a lot more on your defense, right? Because your defense can't keep up if your offense isn't pr- providing at a high level. But when their offense does provide, it takes less focus away from the defense, right, to a degree. And I, I don't think we've seen this offense click in the last three games. And that's the problem because it early deficits, right? I think that's a really you good do, point. You do realize that Matthew Stafford is 1-4 playing teams above 500 and 6-0 and when teams are above, uh, below 500. And that's been his record. You know, it's great. So he's his only, career, he's only although he's been on a bad team. Above tournament. 500 in the playoffs. There you go. Yeah. He'll be just fine. You know, I, I like what you said about the, the – I like what no, Jay said above, about the offense. Above five hundred, he's one in four. Yeah, yeah. So oh, teams that oh. are being the playoffs are going to be above five hundred. Same thing with Detroit. Oh, although okay, Detroit, you know, was a terrible team. But Key, I like what Jay said about the offense. I do think it affects the defense. And and either you or Jay brought it up earlier in the show. No, Robert Woods. Like it's not just pass catching. It's in the 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 zone read right. Like the you you're, you need that blocking wide out like that really helps when you have a guy like that and those cutbacks by those running backs and without him they're not the same offense yeah Robert Woods certainly is missed but it's not end all be all he certainly missed but doesn't that as a ripple effect is what I'm saying if that affects the offense then to Jay's point that could also have an effect I, I on the defense. I don't know if it ultimately affects their offense because Sean designs things specifically for players. And in this case, he's designing stuff for Antonio Lord, OBJ. He's designing things like the pump seven route that he ran or, or the pump five route that he ran for the touchdown is something that he designed specifically for OBJ. Right. Robert Woods would run that same route. So he still got that productivity from OBJ. All right. So I know that I know everybody's saying, "Well, Robert Woods, Robert Woods." It's like, no, 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 man. Matthew Stafford threw a pick six. Had nothing to do with Robert Woods. Lewis Riddick, ESPN NFL Monday Night Analyst, joins us now via the Goodyear Hotline, brought to you by Goodyear, making the plays that move you forward. Goodyear, more driven. Lou, how do you feel about uh, – first of all, welcome. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. It was great, man. I hope y'all's was good, too. Oh, yeah, good eating. Um, I'm, not, I'm not so down. A lot of turkey slander goes on around this time of year, Lou. I, not me. I love, a, I love the, the turkey with the gravy and the whole <laughs> thing. Come on. Um, how are you feeling about Matthew Stafford uh, with the Rams? Key is saying they could have buyer's remorse, and Dan Orlovsky agrees. Where are you on Stafford and the Rams? Oh, look, I I think the pendulum sometimes swings for me a little bit too dramatically on players from week to week. I I definitely think, though, given what they gave up, that they they want more of a return on their investment, considering how much they were going to put on his shoulders and how much responsibility he was going to carry in this new iteration, so to speak, of the Rams' offense. And I think you'd be foolish to say that, they're not getting it right now at this moment that since the San Francisco game in particular, in particular, just because, you know, and I I bring that up simply because we had that game 
it seems as though the spotlight has become white hot on this football team, not just because of Matthew and how this offense is run now through him and how it's not really living up to it, but because of the style and the manner with which they're getting beat, which is by big-time errors on the offensive side of the ball, underperformance on the offensive side of the ball, and then on the defensive side of the ball also, which is I think where maybe even more of our focus should be, they're getting, I wish I could say it the way I want, but they're getting their <laughs> rear end kicked physically. Getting gashed. And that is not, it's like, look, this is not about anything other than they're getting physically whipped. What San Francisco did to them, you should not be able to do in the NFL. You should not be able to impose your will like that the way Nebraska would impose their will against Miami of Ohio when Mike Rozier was at Nebraska running for 3,000 yards. You should not be able to do that to an NFL team, especially an NFL defense that was one of the very best in the NFL just a year ago. That has all pros at all three levels of their defense. D-line, linebacker slash D-line, secondary. They got some of the best players in the NFL. That team right now looks like, it looks like right now, and they better get this fixed quickly, it looks like a collection of talent and not a team. It looks like a talent collection agency and not a football team, and that's a problem. That's a problem right now, and Sean's going to have to get that quick fixed very quickly because now we're into the money time, so to speak, for the NFL, where every game counts because you have less and less of them. Everybody's jockeying right now. And they keep getting, they keep losing in the manner in which, in which they're losing. It's going to be a problem because not, not only are they physically getting beat, now from an identity standpoint on offense, like what exactly are they offensively? What, what, what could you say they are? I know people criticized the hell out of Jared Goff and said, well, if it wasn't for Sean talking to him all the way up until the time that they took away the coach-player communication um, system that Jared wouldn't have been any good. They ran the ball. It was all about Todd Gurley. They ran the ball. Yeah, okay, I get all that. Well, at least they had an identity. You knew what they were offensively. I don't really know what this team is right now. Sometimes they're under center. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes it's Daryl Anderson. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's empty. Sometimes it's 11. Sometimes it's quick games. Sometimes it's take shots. It's like, well, what are they? They better figure it out, though, because that's a lot of question marks on the offense and defensive side when you're heading into money time. It's not, it's not looking good right now. No, and if they miss the playoffs, Lord have mercy. Uh, speaking of playoffs, oh, yeah. speaking of the playoffs, Lewis, the Pats right now sitting at eight and four. They won their sixth in a row now, straight. Do you think? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Are they back into that? I don't know, AFC elite category. Yeah, they're knocking on the door um, because, Keita, what, what just like the things that we talk about the Rams not having, number one being an identity and physicality, if you want to put them together, that's exactly what New England has. They have an identity. Some people don't like it aesthetically. They don't think it looks pretty offensively. But they have an identity, which is you will not out-physical us. You, we, you will not, we will not beat ourselves. Eventually, you will beat yourself, and we're going to take advantage of it, and we're going to be there. And while we're doing that and stacking up wins, we're going to continue to expand our offense, give our quarterback more responsibility, continue to grow him. Kendrick Bourne is going to continue to get better. Aguilar is going to continue to get better. 
Um, Hunter Henry is going to continue to get better. We're going to figure out ways to get John Smith going. We, I mean, it, it just it looks like 2001 New England. Got better, got better, got better. You know what their identity was. Next thing you know, they beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. Defensively, they're what they they're what they always do when they have enough firepower. We're going to stop the run. We're going to play tight man-to-man coverage. We'll change it up with zone. We can morph from week to week, whatever it is that we need to do. And what that all adds up to is, yeah, you're going to be a contender. You're going to be a contender at this time of year where it starts getting cold. People are tired. People are tired of getting beat on. And next thing you know, you're testing everyone's mental resolve to want to continue to play the game in that way. It's easy to be physical when it's warm and it's September, October. It's hard to be physical when it's cold and someone's hitting you in the face over and over again. And that's when all of a sudden these guys start smiling and going, now we've got it right where we want. That's how they've been for the past 20 years. And for us on Monday night, for next week's matchup between New England going to Buffalo, oh, man, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. We'll find out something about Buffalo, won't we? Yes, we in will. In that cold weather up there on a Monday night game, and we're going to find out. We'll find out exactly where New England, I think, really stands. They sent. A, I mean, Tennessee was hobbled yesterday. We get that. They weren't at full strength. But New England's for real, and you know they are, just because of their DNA. You you know they're built for this kind of t- this kind of stuff right now. Speaking but of yeah, the, they're right there with everybody else. Speaking of next week, let's talk about this week. It's time for the Monday Night Football Preview, which is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Lou, the Seahawks are three and seven, are in last place in the NFC West. Do you think this could be the end for Pete Carroll in the Russell Wilson era in Seattle? Yeah, you know, I think I, mean, I understand Jay. That that's everyone's question, and we and we understand why. But talking to Pete this weekend, he's a, he doesn't he doesn't come across in any way, shape, or form as as a guy who is nearing the end of his own career at all. Russ seemed as positive, as energetic, and as ready to go as he ever has. He understands what they're up against. He knows that they have no chance of pulling out of this spiral in any way, shape, or form without him doing Russ-type things. He says his hand feels about as close to 100% as it's going to feel, and he's ready to roll. What happens after this year? I mean, who knows? You know Russell's always going to put a good face on everything. That's just how he is. And I think if they win, they go on some kind of, some type of run. That, that talk will quiet down. They continue to lose games, it's going to get deafening as far as where does he go at the end of this year? Does he really force his, you know, want to force his way out of there? I think it's all contingent upon how this season ends. But I, I expect him, and as he said to us, I will play my best game tonight. So let's see what he does. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80 were presented by Progressive Insurance. Matt Castle, former NFL and USC quarterback, joins us via the Goodyear Hotline, brought to you by Eckrich Smoked Sausage, the real MVP of any tailgate. Pick it up at your local grocer. Matt, thank you for joining us this morning. Good morning. Happy to be on with you guys. Yeah, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. What, what what do you make of the hiring of Lincoln Riley by your alma mater? I think it's a huge hire for the alma mater. It's for these USC Trojans, it's time to turn it back around. I mean, we have all seen the success he's had with five seasons with Oklahoma. I mean, he's 55-10 and 10 as a coach there, and he's he puts that team in contention every single year. And USC is obviously – not been a top 25 team these last four seasons or maybe one time in these last four seasons. So it's time to make a change. And hopefully he's the guy that can do it with his leadership and his ability to go out there, recruit and bring guys in. Matt, as you see, as you know, USC is one of the most coveted jobs in the country whenever it's open. Where do you see and how fast do you see Lincoln Riley being able to turn things around? Well, that's the whole part about it. I think that he's got a system that is there for success, and he's also a really good recruiter. Now, he's got to go out and recruit the guys and bring them in because, like you said, Key, there's tradition, 
it's the facilities, it's the commitment to winning, it's all those things. But at the same time, he's got to get the right guys in there to help facilitate that. And so for him, it starts right now. The work's got to get started in terms of recruiting. And we, like you guys just said, that I think the number one recruiter, something like that, just be committed from Oklahoma. And that would be interested because he's from California. So making those guys in state stay home, play at USC would be a, a good start for Lincoln Riley. Matt Castle, former Patriots QB, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. MC, I got to ask you, uh, Caleb Williams, the quarterback that obviously came to Oklahoma, was able to beat out Spencer Rattler for that starting position. Would he be somebody you think that – would you follow, if you're Caleb Williams, follow a guy to USC and play for him there in Lincoln Riley? Well, it's interesting because it's – the transfer portal now is so different than when I played, right? You have the ability to transfer at any point without – any repercussions you don't have to sit out you don't have to waste time and so for a guy like that if he thinks he can come and compete right now at USC absolutely I'd follow a guy like Lincoln Riley and that's the ability that these young guys have in today's game in college football was look they can make choices for their for themselves to make a decision based on what they want to do and sometimes it's difficult for those those schools because they're going to lose good players when situations like this come up but it's the nature of the beast and it's the reality of um, the new rules in the NCAA with the transfer portal. Yeah, it, it we got Dart though right now, so it'd be I know I know he's a good quarterback, but Dart ain't gonna let him just come in and <laughs> take his spot. From no, we gotta him. compete. We gotta compete, baby. Yeah, no, no question about it. Uh, Matt, when you look around the NFL and you look at New England's run that they've been on a six-game win streak, what has stood out to you more than Mac Jones? Because that's the first thing people go to: Mac Jones, Mac Jones, Mac Jones. Well, there's other things that New England has done well other than Mac Jones. Right, absolutely. I think it starts with the defensive side of the ball and how opportunistic they are. And I think it's the combination of now them getting some pass rush and marrying that front front end with the back end. You know, Matt Judon has been outstanding, but they've had an incredible production out of Christian Barmore, who's a, a rookie this year and a really good defensive tackle. Godcheck's done a great job. And then you got veterans like the Lawrence guy. But then on the back end, guys like Kyle Duggar really stand out to me. He's had a tremendous season at the safety position and Adrian Phillips. And so they've got a great combination going on in terms of the defensive side of the ball. Now, they didn't have great production yesterday in terms of stopping the run. However, again, they created four turnovers, three fumbles, one interceptions. And, and it was uh, all in all, they took care of business like they needed to. But in terms of the offensive side of the ball, they got Trent Brown back. They're healthy. And what I'd say what's interesting about the offense, which was good to see yesterday, it's not just about Mac Jones like you just said. It, it, you've seen them where they're a power running team. They can run the ball downhill. They can um, just dominate up front and be physical. But yesterday the run game wasn't working. And so the adaptability of this offense and for players like Kendrick Bourne to step up with two two touchdowns yesterday, guys like John New Smith getting involved early yesterday, Nelson Aguilar has been a consistent player for him, Jacoby Myers. So, all in all, like guys, particularly at the receiver position where we don't talk a lot about, have been stepping up, making plays, and that's good to see because you want that confidence and swagger at that position in particular. Talking to Matt Castle here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Matt, okay, let's talk about Mac Jones now specifically, though. You won 10 games. You guys went 11 and and uh, five, the year Brady was hurt. I actually so, won that game. I won that you, game. So 11. You're going to give all 11, <laughs> right. So uh, but, look, he, he, he didn't score a touchdown when I win that game. It was the first quarter. I get that one. But right, no, okay, fine. So, so by the way, I'll give you all 11. <laughs> the point is this. The point is this. You've won more games than anyone not named Tom Brady in what? 
20 years. So now you have this kid, rookie quarterback Mac Jones, um, who's, who seems to be running the offense right. What have you seen? What stood out to you about Mac? You know what? I love Mac Jones and his just approach to the game. He's never flustered. He's always composed. Um, you know, and you can see the the evolution of him and the maturation throughout the course of this season, the checks that he's making at the line of scrimmage. Just last week, it was one of those situations where he comes up to the line of scrimmage. It was definitely a check with me, and he saw rotation, and they did a good job with the disguise. They showed rotation with the strong, with the weak safety, excuse me, so he checks the play. Late, it's, he starts to rotate back. He calmly changes the play at the line of scrimmage, and they pick up 13 on a second and 12. So it's like I said, it's him growing within the offense. But again, it's also his maturity level of handling adverse situations. Like everything hasn't been all rosy and he hasn't played perfect at times. But when he does make a mistake, he usually doesn't make that same mistake. He's not a mistake repeater, if you will. And at the same time, he's accurate, he's efficient, and his anticipation is incredible. Like he throws with incredible anticipation because he doesn't have the strongest arm. Everybody knows that. But at the end of the day, if you throw with anticipation, you know where your guys are going to be, then, I mean, it's worked out really well for him so far. Well, someone else that's working out well for their head coach as it relates to anticipation, always anticipating what the next move is going to be is for Bill Belichick. And, Matt, I would ask you, out of all the success that he's had in his years in the NFL, where would you rank this year as it relates to coaching job done by Bill Belichick? I mean, you could just go go down the laundry list of years in which – they performed and it's hard to look at the 2001 season and where they were at as a franchise and not talk about that being his most incredible um, coaching job. But at the end of the se- at the end of the day, it's all about how this team finishes. And I think it, it, he get deserves so much credit and going out and saying, and making the commitment of saying, we're going to go out and spend money. We're going to bring guys in that are going to be able to compete and make us better. And then not only that, but having that buy-in, right. It's hard when you get a lot of new players from a lot of different different organizations come into your building and then try to create that culture again and create that buy-in. But you can, it starts with guys like Matt Judon, I mean, who come in and he's definitely bought in and they've done a tremendous job of implementing a scheme, getting these guys involved and getting the most out of these players that they've asked to come in and be contributors. And that's the most incredible part about Bill Belichick and what he's able to do. Matt, I want you to fill in the blank for me. The Patriots are what? team in AFC. Mm. They're Super Bowl contenders in the AFC. That's what I'd say right now. I mean, you look at – I mean, maybe that's too much. I'm supposed to fill in the blank with one word, but I apologize. Sometimes I run around. But uh, you look at this division. I mean, you the Ravens, the Titans, the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Bills. Uh, the Patriots are have the ability to beat any of these teams. They're no longer one of these teams that we looked at early in the season at 2-4 and four and say, look – they, they're ho- hoping to get get on a win streak and get back. This is a team that looks at these other teams as peers, right? They're they're comparable, and if they go out and play good football like they have been, they can beat any team in the AFC. Any team in the AFC, meaning that they are a threat to make a run in the playoffs, right? Doesn't isn't that what that means? I think that's what that means. I, I believe so, absolutely. I mean, and, and you know what? We'll really f- figure out more about this team in the next three weeks because they've got they're at Buffalo they're at the Colts and then they're home versus the Bills again so the think what you might about the Bills the Bills is a pretty good football team now they've had their stumbles along the way but they're a good football team the Colts are playing good football right now even though they just lost to Tampa Bay but 
that stretch right now of three games will tell you a lot about where this team's at near the end of the year. Matt Castle, former NFL and USC quarterback, of course, on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Appreciate you jumping on with us, Matt. You got it, fellas. Have a great one. Fight on, Key. Mm-hmm. All right, baby. Trojans. We're going to get you set for Monday Night Football. Plus, why the Giants might be gearing up to make a big move at quarterback. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. So, Monday Night Football, it's the Seahawks and the Washington football team. Uh, that's you know anything tonight, about obviously. this right here, though, Max? What's that? This was what's playing right here, man. What about it? You know anything about it, though? You're getting into the Christmas spirit now, man. No, We done got really. rid of Thanksgiving. It's time to move into the holiday season. Yeah. Well, I mean, Thanksgiving kicks off the holiday season, really. Yeah, but the real holiday season, though, the lights and everything go up. Black when, Friday and, and, yeah, and lights all that. trim Black, up and everything. Black Friday. Only good thing 
That's you, huh? <laughs> well, no, there's there's something else. There's something else, Key. There's one What's, other moment where in, in pop in culture where black means good in America, okay? If you're in the black as opposed to in the red. Well, yeah, I guess that's business. true. Yeah. 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 So there I you guess go. That's true. But no, this is this it's a Christmas miracle. Woo, yes. it's the holiday time, man. That's how that's how you feel in the New York around five o'clock. The lights, it's dark gray. Y'all can just walk <laughs> around with y'all expensive coats on. Yeah, no, no. New York th- through the hot. Let me tell you when it's hard to be on. Like when all your taunting from the West Coast catches up is after New Year's when they take the lights down and there's nothing to look forward to till spring break. For me, it's like, oh. It's just dark and cold. No <laughs> festivities, no nothing. All right. Um, key. On to uh, important issues of the day. Russell Wilson. I mean, we're talking about Monday Night Football. They're playing the Washington football team. Washington has flashed on defense this year. Russell Wilson, his long-term future um, is, a, is a real issue now in New York because – the Giants got that draft capital in the deal when, when the Bears grabbed uh, Justin Fields, moved up to 11. Mm-hmm. So the Giants have a nice little draft situation right now, Key, that they could probably trigger in a deal to trade for Russell Wilson. How willing should they be to do that? <sighs> Who's the coach? Is it a new coach? Is it the same coach? So you know, say Joe Judge stays coach, but Gettleman's got to go. You know, I probably would take a look at it, depending on the price. Because mm-hmm. what is Russell Wilson at this stage of his career? Is he still Russell Wilson from two years ago, mm-hmm. from the first half of last season? Or is this a different Russell Wilson that we're starting to see? Do you think that could happen at the age of 32 already? I mean, you, you, why couldn't it happen? We've seen players, we've seen players not be their best toward the, you know, lighter parts of thirty. I mean, yeah, I like look. Drew Brees last. Let's be honest. Last four or five years of his career, three, four years at least. Drew Brees, by the time the playoffs rolled around, wasn't what they they needed more than that. But even so, he was still a good quarterback for that. You know, like they were a winning team. Russell Wilson does something like that. He's still got a couple of years even before that phase of his career. But is that is that what you're looking for if you're the Giants? I know we I know you want to get the sizzle, pop the name. You can connect the dots to entertainment world. You can do all of those sort of things. But is that really what the Giants want to do? I mean, Key is somebody with the upside of Russell Wilson. The, the only question is, I, but is there any upside in Russell Wilson? I think Russell Wilson still has a lot of football left in him. I think so too. I mean, I, I think the question is whether he would feel that he could stay protected to end up having a lot of football left in them. And, and, and that's, a, that's a question that if you're the Giants, you would have to, you hope John Mara or guys could address with the new p- person you put in a position that makes those type of decisions. Yeah, and then, right. Well, the last several times that I've seen Russ play, I've walked away from the game going, it don't look right. Yeah, but but that could be injury. He had time off because of this finger surgery, all that kind no, of no, stuff. No, no, not his last time out. Oh, you're saying this year before the Last injury. several times out. Hmm. Not I'm talking before the injury. So what would it you be, just didn't look right. What would you be willing if you're the Giants? Let's say the Giants want to do it and Russell Wilson has an appetite for New York, too. Um, I'd give up a one. Just, just a first rounder, just one? 
mean? To start with, I'd give up a one. And if they say something else, then maybe, I'm not giving up two ones and all that. I'm not doing that. I'm giving up two ones. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'll give you two ones. Two and, ones? And I'll give you two ones and Daniel Jones right now. Yeah, I'm not going to. Wow. By the way. I don't know if I'm giving you two ones. I'll by the way. One one. Easy. I'm doing that easy. I'll tell you why. I'm not, when, I'm not doing that, man. I'll tell you why. When you have a Russell Wilson on your team, if he's healthy and it's a decent team, they have some talent on offense, right? Mm-hmm. You should be, especially in the NFC East, immediately I expect you to have a winning record. The Giants haven't had a winning record in so long. Five, Five years. years. It's been, and by the way, during those you are real, You're a real sucker for name, likeness, and image. Well, I would be. Look, we, could play, <laughs> we could play rep or reality right now. Is Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson by reputation or reality going forward, Key? Going forward? Yeah, like, like next year. Is he still Russell Wilson next year? Well, his name is going to be Russell Wilson unless he changes his name. You know what I mean. (laughs) Is it rep or reality? We play reputation or reality. Um, No, brand. Brand or reality. I don't know because, again, like I've seen the last several outings, it just didn't look like Russell Wilson. The second half of last season did not look like an MVP-type guy to me. And so is he just – is it the circumstances that he's in? Is it the system? Like, what is it that doesn't have Russell Wilson looking like, oh, we're going to get out of this mess. I ain't worried about it. Thinking Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and then Deshaun Watson, although I have a hard time bringing up Deshaun Watson because there's a lot of unresolved, like, you know, it's not one or two. It's 23. Well, yeah, when you start women. talking about – when you start so, talking about – them two, let's let's move the even though you really can't move the stuff aside, but for yeah. this conversation, right? Let's just assume somehow that's that on the field. Out. Yeah, I would give up two ones for them. I don't know that I would do that. I don't know that I would do that for Russell. Oh, two one. I mean, for, I don't know for that I would do that as a football player. Deshaun Watson, easy for that. Aaron Rodgers, also obviously, but that's why I'm saying like, I'd do it for Russell Wilson too. He's 33. You got to figure he's going to be an excellent quarterback for the next three or four years. But are you willing to give up two ones for three years? And by the way, not only two ones, but keep this in mind, guys: two high ones, two high ones. That's maybe, what I'm saying. Maybe two in the top ten. No, that's two. You got to you got to think one. through that, Max. You, uh, you're, you're right. Talking like a fan. No, here's the problem: either you got a great quarterback, or you know, oh, this is not the case for every team. But for most teams, either you have a, a great quarterback and you're in the mix every year, or you don't and you're not. Let me see him tonight against Washington and then ask me that tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. That's why Monday Night Football is going to be interesting because Washington's defense, for as much as you say, Key, it's all like, you know, sizzle from the media, but they have played better in certain weeks recently. They flashed, you know. They haven't been the elite number one squad they were supposed to be, but they've showed some talent. So that defense, see what Russell Wilson can do up against the Washington defense, and it'll give us some more evidence right now. I, I, it's just funny for me because last year we were talking about this guy as the MVP, and obviously there was a drop-off. And we've talked about – you said it multiple times, Max, about Russell Wilson. You combine all these moments like he is one of the top quarterbacks that has a little bit of these drop-offs here and there. I just – that's a lot to give up for. Yeah, him, what man. I said is he's never been MVP, but over – take away this year. Take the previous five, six seasons. He's probably the overall best player in the league over that time, at least in the regular season. He's a great quarterback, first ballot Hall of Famer eventually. Is he still going to have Hall of Fame seasons going forward? That's the question. 
Oh, we're going to get some answers tonight. I guess we'll get we'll have a little more evidence tonight. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio. Greeny is coming up next. We will be back tomorrow morning. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.